Games rated RP to M. Welcome to Nintendo Power Podcast. This episode, we preview all the big games coming this spring. My name is Chris Slate, and joining me today are two friends of mine at Nintendo of America, Katie Casper from Publisher and Developer Relations. Hi, Katie. Hey, Chris. And Stephanie Palermo from Strategic Communications. Hi, Stephanie. Hello, hello. Thanks for coming on the show. And Katie, I want to say uh, you were on a previous episode of this show with Doug Bowser. Yep. And, uh, and, you know, since then, Doug went on to become president of Nintendo of America, and you've gone on to co-host a Nintendo Direct. So I think it's clear that you both received the Nintendo Power Podcast bump. We received a bump. His a little bit more so uh, noticeable than mine. Uh, I'm, no, I'm not president of any company, but um, I'm in fantastic company today with you both. That's great. And, you know, Stephanie, be ready. Great things are going to be coming your way after this. Hmm, I'll be waiting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so spring is here, and um, we have a crazy number of really cool games coming, and actually way more than we could squeeze into one episode, but we did pick out a bunch of the notable, uh, most notable titles, and we just want to run through those. Uh, so let's start with um, Yoshi's Crafted World on March 29th. Obviously a big title from Nintendo that uh, a lot of people, myself included, have been waiting a long time for. Uh-huh. Um, Stephanie, I think you've gotten to play a lot of that game. Um, how do you like it? I've been loving it so far, especially the fact that it's got co-op play. That's how I've been playing it all the way through so far. And I think what's been most surprising to me so far has been just the variety of stages. It's not just traditional platforming, but there's surprises with boss fights. And there are stages where you'll see a giant dinosaur following you Mm. and chasing you through the stage or you'll be throwing eggs at a bunch of different moles for high scores it's just there's a lot of diversity in the stage content that i wasn't expecting that surprised me yeah i really like the uh the demo uh, um that uh they released before the game and i've since gotten a chance to start playing the game i'm not very far yet but even just in the demo you could tell that you're talking about that variety you don't only play these levels then forward way through, but then you come back around and play the flip side, and there's all sorts of you know new things to find and discover. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I think this game could spawn a lot of do-it-yourself videos. Um, mm. My niece is super into uh, her fake YouTube channel, and a game like this, I think, would really inspire her to get crafty. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, when you go into, uh, like in level two, for example, you start to see these like fish that have been made out of paper plates and it really looks like someone made all this stuff and it makes you think that someone if they haven't already someone out there online will at some point just make everything that's in this game yeah a fourth grade diorama project yeah for sure mm-hmm. <laughs> it's sometimes there are moments that make you do a double take like oh that is just a, that's a craft that's not just a part of a normal video game level like there's a shogun's castle stage where there's a bunch of there's a bamboo forest you walk through and all of the the bamboo is just green paper straws standing up and it's got like a little bit of a wind effect so you see the motion and it takes you a second to be like oh this is a crafted world and it's it's really cool and i really loved um yoshi's woolly world and um and and my son did too. He's eight, and we've started to play um, the new game together. And and we both really love the co-op. So I think that's the way we're probably, or the way I'm probably going to enjoy most of the game is with him. And um, and I also like that it has that mellow mode. So if there's parts that are a little bit challenging for him, he can he can play that way, and it's a little bit easier. His 
his uh, Yoshi gets the wings. Yeah. Um, so it's it does seem like uh, you know if I want to dig in and play myself and maybe some of the tougher levels, that's fine for me. But but there's a way to balance things out so we can both enjoy it. There's, I'd be curious to see what his favorite costume ends up being. There's so many costumes yeah. in the game that are really creative and colorful and fun. And my favorite so far has been there's like a, a puffer fish costume. And it's not just aesthetic. It's defensive, too. So when you're going through the stages, it's, it gives you like a little bit of a defense against enemies when they attack you. But it's so cute because Yoshi goes down into it when you duck. And I love it. It's adorable. Yeah, the first thing I started doing when I realized you could do that is I just started taking all my amiibo off the shelf and just scanning them <laughs> to see what I could already get from the costume. So any game where there's like a collect-a-thon type thing, I just become engrossed with it. There's so many collectibles in that game. It really challenges you to really look not just at the straight platform that you're walking through in the stages, but really look in the background and in the foreground for different collectibles. You can shoot with your eggs and collect for the different quests that they give you. Mm-hmm. It's cool can't wait to dig into that uh, a lot more. Um, So next up, on April 12th, we have Nintendo Labo VR. And I'm a big fan of VR, and I'm really looking forward to this because I also love Nintendo Labo and with my son building those kits. But I haven't had a chance to actually try any of this yet. Um, So have either of you had a chance to really go hands-on with uh, Nintendo Labo VR? Uh, No, I have not had a chance to get my hands on this yet, and I really want to check this out. Just seeing it and seeing the physicality of it Mm -hmm. intrigues me in a way that VR hasn't so far. Hmm. So it's funny you mentioned the physicality of it. It makes me think about the blaster, which I've gotten to play a little bit with so far. And it's got a lot of that really satisfying physical feeling to it where you can literally cock it and it pulls back and you can pull the trigger and it releases and you really get that cool feeling of shooting these little aliens. It was a fun mini game where you blast a bunch of aliens that are overrunning a city. And that was super fun. That one ended up surprising me a lot with just how really fun it is. And you can keep playing and trying to go for high score. And the fun thing about Nintendo Labo VR Kit to me, that's unique about this VR experience is that you'll play for a little bit and then you'll really feel encouraged to pass and have that social experience and share it with someone else that may be in the room with you um, so that they can try to beat your high score. So you're really playing in bursts of play. It's it's a simple experience, but at the same time, it's it's really fun to share. So that was my favorite one so far, the the blaster. It seems like just watching the trailers and reading about it, that it is, like you said, more of a burst of experiences. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it has all of the main kind of um, games and functionality. But then I, I saw, I think it was in the trailer, that there's also like 60 kind of like mini games. And you can even get in there and edit those and make your own games. And um, some of the stuff that you see in, 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 the, in the material that's out there now just looks really interesting. Even um, the thing about being able to, and I'm just kind of assuming this is how it works, but it's like this ball is rolling down a series of platforms and you're kind of moving one in there so that there's no gap. And But even that, I imagine, would be, it's something that really fits the, the kind of um, three-dimensional space of VR to actually be able to sense exactly where that should slot in. Yeah, the, the elephant one in particular strikes me as the best, one of the coolest experiences with a 3D space because it's a painting one. Mm. And you can really feel the sense as you're moving your trunk out <laughs> forward in front of you um, and painting, you get that immediate clear feeling of this is the 3D space in front of me. So anybody who's creative or likes to 
build, create, paint, any of that, that's going to be a really fun one, I think, to see what people come up with. I think I saw that in the trailer too. And is when you're painting, is it? It's almost like you're making a like a model, isn't it? You can kind of. It's not like a flat painting. It's yeah, it's completely 3D the way you build it. So you're taking your trunk and you're dipping it in these little paints, and you can build in front of you. And there's also different stamp type tools and other um, things you can build in there, like stars and other stuff there. And some of the paints are neon too, so you can paint in neon and then turn the lights on and off in the game, of course, not in the mm-hmm. real world. And it's got a very cool neon effect. That would be a cool prank to play on someone while they're <laughs> in Nintendo Lab and just turning the light off. And then everyone leaves. <laughs> yeah, everyone, everyone just leaves. <laughs> they come out of it, basically the apocalypse has happened. And yeah, like, where, where's my family? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Stephanie, you talked about the physicality of it. And one of the things that seemed interesting to me is I, I read that there's like a uh, the Toy-Con wind pedal that mm. like blows wind in your face when you're flying with the with the bird which sounds I, like that would really kind of trip you out if you're if you're seeing it and you start to feel it because i've never had that in vr before you would feel the breeze or anything like that it the first experience i have with it definitely tripped me out i was playing i didn't play the bird one with the wind pedal but i played another game where you're playing a frog that's trying to get to space and there are these bears throwing balls at you that you have to jump on because they're helping you get to space and the more you climb up these balls the closer you get to space um, and while you're playing with the the goggles on your face you also have the wind pedal on the floor and stepping on it is what's creating that that jump for your frog and every time you jump it blows wind at you you're creating this effect and the first time I did it I had to take the goggles off and I was like what just did that and I was like oh right right there's the wind pedal right there blowing at me. But it just surprises you because you're so inside of your, your game for that moment. That's great. It's cool. Close to like blurring the line between like the magic circle and reality as you can get. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I should say that um, I think from what I understand, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think this is available in a couple of configurations. Like I think you can get the full set with everything, the Nintendo Labo VR kit. Mm-hmm. And then I think you can also get a starter version of the kit and then there's a couple of expansion packs as yeah, well. Yeah, it's designed to, the idea is to give people a, a, an idea of how they want to start getting into VR. If you feel like you want to try everything at once, you can go and get the full kit. And then the starter kit is great for if you're just trying to dip your toes into VR and see if it's right for you and your family. It, it comes with the goggles and the blaster or the, the main ones for the, the starter kit. I'm looking forward to see kind of what Nintendo comes up with in VR because when you're describing bears and balls and space, <laughs> it's very much <laughs> sounding to me like I imagine the idea of like a plumber and mushrooms and yes. all sounded to people you know, so back, in the, in the, back in the day. It all makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, next up on April 16th, we have Final Fantasy X and X2 uh, HD remaster. Um, obviously, these are I mean, all the, the, all the Final Fantasy games are kind of beloved, and, and each one is is kind of the one that is is the one that certain fans hold most near and dear to their hearts. And I remember playing through a good portion of this game. I don't think I ever finished it back in the day, but I remember the hero Titus and um, Yuna, the summoner, and mm-hmm. and everyone playing this this sport called Blitzball. Ooh. And but I never finished the game, so you know I'm hoping to um, maybe do that now on the go with Nintendo Switch. So Final Fantasy X was my first Final Fantasy. And so it's one of those things where I think your first game in a series always holds a certain special place, even if future iterations end up being you know, better better in your head. 
Um, but at the time, it's like, I mean, still, I still love this game. The music is top notch. The story is great. Oren is one of the coolest characters Final Fantasy has to offer, and he's got like one of the smoothest armpits I've ever seen in the game. <laughs> Excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> There's this scene uh, about maybe ten percent of the way through the game where Oren, who's kind of the uh, main character, Titus is what do you want to call him? Like uh, role model, kind of kind of parent figure, and he takes his his cloak off and shows the smoothest armpit you've ever oh seen in, in, in FMV form. <laughs> but that's not really the point here. Um, and, and Final Fantasy X-2 afterward, um, so that came out, I think, one or two years later. And at the time, I wanted more Final Fantasy X, so it was a, a sequel that I really looked forward to. It's a lot... The, the approach to storytelling is a lot lighter than Final Fantasy X, which is super, super heavy. Mm-hmm. What I really like about Final Fantasy X-2 is the uh, the battle system with the garment grids where you can change costumes, which yes. effectively changes your job class. I just thought that was a really interesting battle system, and I'd like to see more of that in games. More dress spheres. Yes. I do have a passion for fashion, so. Now I just want to see a top 10 list of your smoothest armpits in video oh. games. <laughs> <laughs> It's the list no one's asking for, but I will deliver it. <laughs> Is that, that uh, either one of those games, 10 or 10 2, games that you had played very much? I played 10. It's been a really long time since I've played 10, ten but I really loved it. And these games are so long, and they have a lot of story and meat there that I, I really love. As an adult, though, playing on the go, I think, is a much better place for me to play a game like 10 and 10 2. So I'm, I'm excited to revisit some of, not just 10 and 10 2, but some of the other Final Fantasies that have been coming to Nintendo Switch. Yeah. That's a good point. Back in the day, you, with a lot of these games, you even had to switch discs at certain points, mm-hmm. and certainly you had oh, to be anchored yeah. in front of the TV. And now that we have, unfortunately, lots more grown-up responsibilities than maybe we had back then, this could be an easier way to kind of keep up with it and finally, for me at least, see one of these things through to the end. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, on April 18th is coming a game that I have really been hoping would come to Nintendo Switch, and that's Cuphead. Because oh, yeah? I think myself, like a lot of other Nintendo fans, if you're a Nintendo fan, chances are you're a big fan of platformers. And this is one of the most unique-looking, visual-styled kind of games you've seen in a long time. And also just a really fun, also really challenging platformer. Yeah. I, I just hope um, my hours in Hollow Knight and Dead Cells have prepared me for Cuphead. <laughs> I think they have. I might need a co-op uh, friend for this one, though. It's a really fun game in co-op. I've played, um, I've played it on other platforms a lot with my um, son. And I'll say this, even though the game is notoriously difficult and challenging, um, my son did end up beating it. He finally beat the final boss by himself without my help at all. And I still haven't done it yet. So, you know, if an eight-year-old can, can beat it uh, with, with a lot of hard work, then, um, you know, anybody, any Nintendo fan should be able to crack it if they just stick with it. Oh, for sure. I, I sometimes feel that way about, we talk about game difficulty, but back in the day in the NES era. Oh, yeah. I was I mean, just thinking that. God, we, we got through it. You just kept made, at it, right? Yeah. It was just about going in and going in again, remembering what you learned, going back in with new skills and new knowledge, new awareness, yeah. and then finally tackling it. I'm with you. The fact that I've gotten through most of the Mega Man games in the series is my my benchmark of, okay, I hope this has prepared me for, for Cuphead because I really want to be able to get through and see all the different worlds and bosses. Just I want to see all the art. It's so pretty. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really well done. And, you know, you can buy certain upgrades and um, even make certain adjustments to the game that will, uh, you know, make it a little bit easier or like, or at least cater more to your preferred play style. So there's definitely some things you can do if you do get stuck to try to get over that hump. Having a friend. Exactly. To Having a friend. You. <laughs> definitely help. That is huge because I think, if I remember right, I think the enemies and it's the game is mostly boss, big long boss fights. But I think a lot of them is. Um, or a lot of them are, are uh, maybe a little bit, they have a little bit more life if you have two people. But like you said, you can, if one guy gets hit and you turn into a ghost and you're floating off the screen, if your partner gets to you in time, he keeps you in the action. Yeah. And sometimes when I, when I play with my son, we're just constantly resurrecting each other and that's how we make it you're to the end. You're playing two different games. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Usually he's resurrecting me. It sounds like it. <laughs> All right. Also on, uh, I believe the same day, yeah, April 18th, Katana Zero. Now, um, tell us all about this one, Katie, because you helped introduce this recently, and uh, it looks amazing. Yeah, this game just oozes cool. Um, it, it looks great. It plays well. Uh, it just feels good when you get your hands on it. Um, you know, I, 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 I compare it to like a Celeste with combat, where there's something about when you get your hands on this and you're platforming and you're going through the actions, it just feels really slick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and also similarly to Celeste, each room is a self-contained room. So as you go through and, and try to get to the end of it, if you end up flubbing at some point, it literally rewinds and takes you back to the beginning of that room. So it's difficult, but it's not super punishing. Mm-hmm. And when you, after you go through a level and you, you, um, you get to the end, it paces things well because then it reveals more of the story, more of your your backstory as well. So a lot of intense action, and then it slows you down, takes you into the therapist room, you take a little bit of medication, and oh. don't know really what's in the vial, but <laughs> your character takes it, and they take their next mission. It's a really cool game. Have they said much about the therapy portion? Because I did see that in the trailer, and of course that made me kind of laugh and think, well, that's just a, a really silly idea. That sounds great. What I so I've played the first three levels, and what I'm what I'm gathering is that your therapist is also your employer. Uh, so he's he's got some sort of control over you. I, okay. I think I think the injection is is the key here. Some more may be going on there. We'll have to see how that develops. Yeah, for sounds sure. like a very key conflict of interest. But what, what do I know? <laughs> Patient confidentiality is very important, but not in Katana Zero. <laughs> I just love how looking at the trailer, um, you know, it, I got, even though the games I'm sure are very different, it flashed me back a little bit to Beautiful Joe on GameCube and in that game how oh, you could yeah. slow time and that would give you more time to react to the enemies. And because of that, you would have this kind of, you know, you'd have with different types of enemies, these patterns or almost these dances. And once you could pull those off successfully, it was very satisfying. And in here I see you, where the time seems to slow down and you're deflecting the bullets back to the bad guys. and. You know, you're just kind of chaining one kind of attack to the next. It looks oh, like sure. once you get in the flow, it would be really satisfying. Yeah, the first time I deflected a bullet, I didn't realize I did it. Until, oh, really? the, until the guy went down, and I'm like, well, there we go. So you can do that. Um, but yeah, you can, I mean, you, you can use your, your katana. You can deflect bullets. Uh, you can use objects in the environment. I threw a bunch of bottles at a bunch of enemies, and that was just as satisfying as deflecting a bullet. So lots of different actions that you can take. This is one of those instances where I'm glad that uh, I didn't learn about this game in, until it was almost ready to come out. That yeah. way I don't have to wait too long. Yeah, it's coming out very soon. Cool. So on April 23rd, obviously a huge long-awaited sequel, uh, Mortal Kombat 11. Um, be able to play Mortal Kombat on the go with Nintendo Switch. You know, I'm, I'm from the clan of gamers that played 
the Super Nintendo version of mm. Mortal Kombat. Yeah, we used to have, at an old place where I worked, we had a uh, Mortal Kombat 2 machine that wow. I think for yeah. some reason um, was sent to us. And so we would just set it on free play. And that was the one I spent the most time with. And I haven't, uh, unfortunately, for whatever reason, kept up with the series super well. I've dabbled in it here and there. But, uh, you know, it just seems like there's so much hype around Mortal Kombat 11, that, that, and especially it coming down in Nintendo Switch, that this is a good time for me to maybe jump back in. I think I'm in the same boat as you. I've been dabbling for a while. I probably played the Super Nintendo one and the N64 one the most, Trilogy. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to getting back into it. I love horror movies. I like crazy, grotesque stuff. So this is very up my alley. So far, from the characters that have been announced, I'm looking at playing Baraka, I think. Just getting mm. all slicey with it. I remember him getting from that Mortal slicey. Kombat 2 arcade machine. Yeah. Mm. I wonder... If we could all have fatalities, what they what they what would they be like? Gosh, my <laughs> what, would, what would our fatalities be? I would just sit there How and how far be, can we go with this? I would kind of step <laughs> back and forth and just be too stressed out and too worried that I would do anything bad. They you would stress them out. Yeah, with These your are stress. Not fight fatalities. You guys would have like just mental games. <laughs> do you remember they used to have friendship and babalities oh, right, right. and other ways of defeating slash winning? So <sighs> that would be more up your alley. It sounds like. Oh, for sure. It's Yeah, it's all mind games for me. It's the long con. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most boring fatality there is. <laughs> you put in like three button commands and it just says long con. Yeah, turn game back on in 80 hours. <laughs> like, huh? Okay. <laughs> keep it docked. Yes, got to keep that battery going. <laughs> well, from the uh, hardcore graphic action of Mortal Kombat 11 to um, something a, a little bit lighter, Box Boy plus Box Girl on April 26th. Um, this is the continuation of a series that, that uh, so far has been on Nintendo 3DS and, that I personally have really, uh, really enjoyed and uh, found really endearing. It's kind of a, for people that haven't played it, kind of a puzzle situation where you start a pretty small room. You can, uh, depending on the, the room and the challenge, you can um, produce a certain number of blocks that you can kind of make into bridges or you know little um, arms that you can use to grab onto ledges and pull yourself up. So you're trying to just basically get from one end of the room to the next, but it starts to get really, as they add little other elements, it gets more complex and more challenging. And now they've added, um, uh, I think for the first time, uh, uh, multiplayer. So you can play two-player co-op to kind of two brains are better than one. Uh, So I'm really looking forward to that. Have either of you spent much time with the previous games in the series? This will be the first one I think that I end up getting into. I've been following this one since it was shown in the last Nintendo Direct, and I really like the tall one. I want to play as Cutie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he really looks like an interesting character to, character to play as and think around his shape in, in the sorts of levels you'll be in. So I played uh, Box Box Boy, uh, if I'm remembering the name correctly, and I don't know if you need to shout it because of the all caps or not, but, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, was a, it was a cute game, and, and I could see this having a really nice snack-sized gaming, yeah. you know, t- like just like quick levels uh, on your switch where you just want to do one or two and then and then you get back to work i guess put the system to sleep <laughs> and then you know you're right there in the middle of the puzzle you're trying to work when you pull it back out oh yeah and what what was my purpose yeah i don't know <laughs> <laughs> and this one's going to have a lot more stages uh the most ever in the series uh 270 new stages um and a lot of people might not know this game comes from hal who if you don't know Hal, um these are the folks that make kirby the folks that helped start the Super Smash Brothers series. So yeah. there's quite a pedigree there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, coming up on April 30th is Final Fantasy XII The Zodiac Age. 
another big Final Fantasy game. And um, this is one I have, as far as the Final Fantasy titles go, probably personally the least experience with. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I'm looking forward to kind of rem- remedying that and, and seeing what I missed the first time around. This is another one that it's been a really long time since I've played this one, and I remember getting all the way through, but what was really unique about it, and maybe appeals to me even more now as a little bit of an older gamer than when I first played it, is the ability to kind of get through some of the the leveling up and the, the experience you need to gain to progress through the game. It's got a bit more of an automated system you can use if you want as an option to kind of get through more of that quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one as well. Uh, I played it uh, for the original release, and I'd, I'd like to give more time to it. Uh, I, I know a few people that this is their favorite Final Fantasy, wow. and I'd like to see why that is. Give it a little bit more time. Yeah, and I was um, reading up about the game in Nintendo.com, and um, it said that the background music had been re-recorded with live performances. It has 5.1 channel sound output now, and some other additions and enhancements. They said faster paced battles and optional high oh. speed mode. So it seems like even if you played it the first time around, there's a, a good amount of new stuff here to maybe have you, that you, where you'd want to re-experience it. Yeah, they've added that to, uh, I think all the Final Fantasy remasters that they've done. Oh. Like I played through nine and, and I'm starting to play through seven now. And yeah, you can speed up the battles. You can give yourself more, I don't know if this is the case for Final Fantasy XII, but like in nine, you can give yourself more gill, you can power up your characters more easily. So, I mean, if you want to take the challenge of, of the game play out of the game, you can just experience the story. So I'm just glad mm-hmm. that they gave people the option to do that. Yeah, definitely. That's cool. All right. Now on May 20th, we have uh, a, a set of titles here um, from Resident Evil. Um, some of the best in the series. We've got Resident Evil 4, which is my personal favorite. Um, same, played same. that originally on GameCube. Resident Evil, the uh, the um, original game, now in HD. And Resident Evil Zero, which is the prequel. And then, of course, um, there's going to be a physical edition uh, that will have both Resident Evil Origins. Uh, well, I think it's called Resident Evil Origins is the name of the physical edition, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which collects uh, a Resident Evil, the original and Resident Evil Zero yep. into one package. So um, that's great. Out of those three, so is res- you said, Katie, Resident Evil 4 is maybe your favorite as well? or You know, I can still hear the ganados in the back of my head every <laughs> now and then. Like, what is it? Like, matano. Muerde, muerde. <laughs> like, all that stuff. Like, I just... That was creepy. <laughs> you know, I've yeah. played this game a few times. I just... Th- this it's Like, this game, to me, is a master class in design. They, I remember my first experience. It's like, when you have a game where the first thing you want to do when you finish it is just go right back into the beginning. Yeah. Like you've had, you've experienced something really special. So I, I love this game. Um, I am looking forward to replaying it again. Remember that the game starts with with uh, a real steep difficulty because you go into this village and you're immediately attacked by everyone in the village. Oh yeah. And and I remember it was such a challenge when I first played it just to survive that with all these guys with chainsaws chasing me down. But then um, once you get out of there, the game slows the pace down a little bit. It's kind of like a action movie where you start with a big action scene and then you say okay now let's calm things down get the plot going a little bit yeah. and uh and then it starts to uh even out and that's where i really started to fall in love with the game the first time and and leon learns to suplex <laughs> at that point as well which is a very satisfying way to that can just someone. bust wrestling moves out on people is... you know leon comes from the school of <laughs> well, he comes from the raccoon city police department oh well you He's, know i don't think he learned that in the police training or maybe they did in raccoon city <laughs> It's, that's just how they roll. That's I don't know if he had much training. His first day on the job, he was already getting wreck housed by zombies. Oh, that's right. 
Yeah, that was a pretty bad start to his Raccoon City career <laughs> yeah. in Resident Evil 2. Welcome, Leon, indeed. And then they just send him across the ocean to just save the president's daughter. Just just help us out. Yeah. yeah. From one one disaster to the other. We like how you survived that zombie apocalypse. You showed a lot of moxie. Yeah. You got something else you could do. We, yeah. Here's your passport. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, that's a lot of um, great survival horror uh, coming again on May 20th. And now we've got some other spring titles that don't have specific um, release dates yet, at least as far as I'm aware. But wanted to mention them because these should be pretty cool games. And the first one on this list is Hellblade, uh, Senua's Sacrifice, which, um, you know, it's set in the Viking Age. Uh, obviously, the game has already uh, debuted on other platforms. Now you can play it on Nintendo Switch on the go. Uh, I believe it's even won some awards for its um, uh, like motion capture or voice performance. I forget oh, yeah. exactly um, uh, which one, but... Obviously, great performances. Uh, we, as the 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 log line goes, you control a broken Celtic warrior who embarks on a haunting vision quest into Viking hell to fight for the soul of her dead lover. This is supposed to be a very trippy game, from what I understand. That's what I've heard. The game has gotten so much praise for its treatment of mental illness as mm. a storytelling and character-driven device. So I'm I'm really curious to experience it for the first time and see what that is like in that storytelling because that's one of my favorite things about games is a great story and great well-written characters especially a female character oh yeah she kicks butt for sure it, it's a really interesting game and there's there's an element to it where something happens to the character and it, without giving anything away there's something to it something that's going on with this character that you know is kind of hovering over your head throughout your journey and you see at the end what 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 that was all about so um it, it's a very well told story and I like the mix of action and, and puzzles, so it's 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 my type of game for sure. I have no idea if you could even really compare these games, but when you talk about the kind of the trippy, surreal nature of it, it kind of reminds me of Eternal Darkness on GameCube. <gasps> and then when you talk about um, the themes of the story, and I'm sure it's still different, but it makes me think of how much I responded to um, how Celeste ended up being a story about anxiety. Mm. So I just love that you're getting a lot more experimentation in different types of of themes and stories in games now. Yeah, I, I really think, especially the past couple of years, that's becoming more prevalent. Where there's always been that trope of saving the world or saving X person, and uh, a lot of games lately are about saving yourself or sa- saving something. It's more something. introspective. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's that's interesting. There's a lot of stories to tell, and it's not always just about making sure the planet doesn't blow up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's one of the best things about indie games is that I think because people, you know, a lot of these are passion projects or they don't have these big AAA budgets, they can they can afford to be a little more experimental. Yeah. Cool. So um, moving on, another spring game. Um, well, this one actually uh, isn't a, a full game, but Shovel Knight King of Cards, the DLC, um, which is, uh, you know, if you've been following along with Shovel Knight for the past few years, um, they released uh, a campaign for Spectre Knight, and then they mm-hmm. did one for Plague Knight. And now this is the final one um, um, with uh, King Knight. And then also the Shovel Knight Showdown uh, DLC, which is a whole kind of fighting game mode that's being added to the game. And, uh, you know, we try to – I always slip in some way to mention Shovel Knight pretty much every episode because it's just one of my favorite games. <laughs> and I've been looking forward to this for so long, so I can't wait to finally get a crack at it. Um, and then the Amiibo as well. I'm a big Amiibo hoarder. Uh, oh, yeah. And the fact it's that they're the releasing three of them. Yeah. Um, Plague Knight, Spectre Knight, and, and um, King. King Knight. Yeah. You know, the three that have their own campaigns. Man, I, 
I, I, I, you've said so much about this game. What, what more can I say besides <laughs> it's fantastic? I, you know, I played it when it came out on on Wii U. How, what is it, four, four, five years ago now? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a great platformer, and highly recommend it to those looking for a, a bit of nostalgia and, and a lot of challenge. Also, the music's incredible. Yeah, it's in my frequent uh, game playlist right now. I love the music. It gets me amped up for work. <laughs> yeah, it is really good. Stephanie, have you had a chance to play much Shovel Knight? I have not played much Shovel Knight before. Because is, this was, the, is this the starting point? I think it is because you mentioned that you'd played through most of the Mega Man games. Mm-hmm. And one of the uh, one of the, the things you can really feel in playing Shovel Knight is, is a lot of that kind of classic Mega Man gameplay. Mixed with a lot of other things too. Even a little, you know, sticking with Capcom, even a little DuckTales with the pogo stick. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I think if, you, if you're a Mega Man fan, I think you'd really enjoy it. Cool. I'm definitely down to check it out and use these skills somewhere productive in more video games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, moving ahead then, also in um, spring, this new game that, uh, Katie, you just helped announce. Um, Cadence, let's see if I get this name right. It's a long title. Cadence of Hyrule, Crypt of the Necrodancer, featuring the Legend of Zelda. Well done. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is uh, described here as a rhythmic action adventure from Brace, Brace Yourself Games. Um, the gameplay of Crypt of the Necrodancer in the setting of the Legend of Zelda series. You can play as either Link or Princess Zelda. And from what I understand, everything that you do is kind of on the beat. So you mm-hmm. kind of attack, dodge, uh, you know, defend on the beat, which sounds really interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a huge uh, Legend of Zelda fan, so I'm really excited about this game. And just these types of collaborations in general, I, I really appreciate. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think of one that... Okay, so Soul Calibur 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a game series that I never would have known about if it wasn't for Link's inclusion in that game on the That's GameCube. Right, yeah. uh, so it's just, it, it opens up new doors for people that they may not have otherwise explored. So yeah, I like these types of games. It shows you kind of two different worlds in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. Really looking forward to it. I've played a little bit of the original Crypt of the Necrodancer, and I really like the idea. I love rhythm games, so the idea of mixing a rhythm game with another type of play and another way to think about it with um, dungeon crawling in its own way is really exciting and interesting and fun. But it did get challenging pretty quickly, so I'm, I'm really interested in the take on what The Legend of Zelda will bring to it. And I just got to hear all these remix classics. I'm really excited to hear all that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty-five remixed tunes from the Legend of Zelda. That's yeah. gonna be great. That's that's on my playlist immediately. Yeah. Even just the song in the trailer <gasps> just got me bouncing. It was Telltale so great. Heights. Yes. It was really yeah. It got me yeah. It was very well done trailer. Well, there's a lot more games we could talk about for spring, um, but uh, just in the interest of time, I did want to mention two games that aren't necessarily uh, I don't believe have been announced for spring per se, but have been announced for June. Mm-hmm. Um, the first is uh, my Pedro, or I'm sorry, my friend Pedro, um, which just looks bonkers in the best possible way. Blood, bullets, bananas. <laughs> that's their that's their uh, slogan, and that's pretty much what the game is. Uh, you know, it reduces it to those three things, but it is it is absolutely insane. Uh, you, it's like rhythmic, violent ballet. Yeah, it's like you see the 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 main character in all of the trailers and such, just kind of like flip into a room in slow motion and just start kind of, you know, shooting bad guys or different kind of puzzly yeah. kind of elements. And it it just seems like a very creative action game. Yeah, exactly. And you know, for a side scroller, uh, it's just it's a really interesting approach 
um, just visual style, um, old men in jumpsuits that are in jumpsuits rather that you're taking out with bullets and deflecting bullets off of things like frying pans. Uh, you've got Pedro who is uh, a sentient banana and just he's kind of your your partner, so to say. Mm-hmm. Not sure where where he's from or <laughs> what his goal is, but it's a really interesting game. So uh, yeah, that comes out in June. I'm really like for this, you're gonna want to watch people that are really good at it because right. they're gonna just flow through this game seamlessly. Whereas with me, I might you know, I don't know, have a banana split, so to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, <laughs> sorry guys. <laughs> That's your way of saying you like to take breaks in between play, which is great. It's, a, with it's any called a banana game. split where I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and I think um, one more game for June uh, is uh, obviously Super Mario Maker 2, which we talked a lot about it in the last episode. Uh, It's, you know, I can't think of many other games that could be released in a year with a new Super Mario Maker that I would be more excited for because I just love the series so much. So not to retread everything we talked about last time, but... um, Yeah, 1,000 hours or something for you? uh, (laughs) I'm sure I'll get there with the new version. I think it was 600 for the the, the game on Wii U. You you blew my mind with just how many little observations you had in that short trailer alone when I listened to the last podcast. I had to watch it again just hearing you talk about watching it again. I know I have to apologize. There are certain people, and you've been one of them so far, that I just (laughs) will just catch in the hall and just will not let them escape until I've told them everything I, I, I'm excited about for Super Mario Maker 2. Um, I think at a certain point, people are just going to see me coming and go the other direction. I think to... you'll have a lot of great friends this June to talk to about the game. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, you'll have Including to re- us. rebrand the podcast, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, 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 this is definitely not the last time we'll be talking about this game <laughs> on the Nintendo Power Podcast. And so whether that game comes out, uh, I think spring technically ends June 21st, whether it, it's in spring or just sometime in June, I think that's going to be a great kind of way to cap that whole stretch of games we just talked about. There's a and, lot uh, of games coming out. Yeah. Can like, I sneak one more in? Yeah, please do. Um, I'm a huge Ace Attorney series fan, mm-hmm. and I love any excuse to replay those games because they have amazing stories, and that series, the trilogy, is coming to Nintendo Switch on April 9th. So if you haven't actually gotten a chance to play those stories before, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It's a lot of murder mysteries where you're exploring, collecting clues and evidence, and then the other half of each of the stories is you take it to court and battle it out using all the evidence and learnings that you've had to prove your defendant not guilty. But there are some pretty unique defendants, not your traditional um, TV courtroom drama. There, You may question a parrot on the stand <laughs> and other unique characters it's like a, more like a big drama it's it's out there <laughs> and it's great and i love every bit of it so uh, that's perfect for me because um i have a a good friend who's who's this is like one of his favorite series so i'm always hearing about it and i think i i might own every ace attorney game or if i don't i'm i'm only one or two short and for whatever reason i've still never played the series and i always keep intending to go back and start with one of with the first one and uh, but you know I'll just do it here on on Nintendo Switch. Do it, join us. I'll play Mario Maker and you play Attorney. All right, and, we'll and that way, after I finish filibustering you about Mario Maker, <laughs> I have to stand there and listen to you tell me about Ace Attorney. It'll be a dialogue. It'll be great. <laughs> we'll be friends. Objection. I'm not involved. <laughs> what has happened here? <laughs> All right. Well, that's the Spring Game Guide, and um, now we're going to move on to Player's Pulse. Um, now, on Twitter this uh, a few days ago here, 
we asked fans to tell us the most interesting places they played their Nintendo Switch. This is kind of in honor of the fact that we recently passed the um, two-year anniversary for Nintendo Switch. Um, and uh, I know I've gotten a lot of uh, use out of my system in lots of places. So let's just read through some of uh, what our listeners shared. Um, first, there's Big Switch Guy who says that he played Mario Kart in line at the DMV. I think that's oh, very appropriate. I did that as well. Unfortunately, it was outside, <laughs> so the glare situation uh. Uh, was difficult, so I had to do a bit of a squat, <laughs> a squat and cover. I, I remember I was playing Breath of the Wild, and that, that helped me get through the line. Did it get you in the right mind space for you know what you had to do there at, at the DMV? You can't solve that puzzle. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, Stefan says, in kindergarten, while the kids took an afternoon nap. Now, I'm guessing Stefan's either a teacher or a volunteer. <laughs> I'm just going to... I hope so. I'm just going to say that that's the case. <laughs> that's, yeah. I, I think especially for parents and, and teachers as well, that's key, key time. Yeah. Well, that's, the, that's what I really enjoyed, you know, especially uh, when Nintendo Switch first came out. I, and even before that with um, Nintendo 3DS, you know, I've had uh, young children. So you really find out that having something you can take with you and then just put to sleep and wake back up instantly really helps you fit more gaming into your day, which yeah. is great. Um, A.D. Ryan says uh, he played Nintendo Switch during his high school graduation, his own oh. high school graduation. So, Do his parents know about this? <laughs> well, I guess at that point he's graduated, so, you know. Oh, yeah, it's not yeah, their problem it's anymore. Not a, <laughs> not a huge threat. That makes me really curious what he was playing that he really needed to get in that, like, to squeeze out one more round of something. Yeah. It had to be amazing. Do you picture, like, he's fighting Ganon and everyone else is throwing their caps into the air and he's just, like, still into it? I will. I mean, that's awesome, but if it was, like, a Smash Brothers, like, eight player, just, like, a whole row. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, man. I guess you can't be kicked out or left back at that point you've already won so yeah. diploma in hand he's still playing yeah. it while he walks across the stage <laughs> yeah to gets his diploma sits back down riley says he played his nintendo switch after waking up from surgery oh, oh. so i think he specifically said super mario odyssey so that's a little something oh, to look that, forward to after that, that's a magical surgery. one I can just hear jump up superstar really bringing you back to, to good spirits back to yeah. life yeah i Probably the weirdest place I've played is similar in a doctor's office. I had to get allergy tested. Uh, you know, when they, they do that, they oh prick yeah. your forearm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that you have to leave your arm face up. And thankfully, I brought my Switch. Well, because, you know, like it's doing its magic. Oh, allergens. I know the system, but I'm trying to think through how do you play? What did you play one-handed? I had two hands, loose Joy-Con, tabletop Super Mario Odyssey. Oh. The doctor came in and laughed at me. <laughs> she was like, you really couldn't wait an hour? And I said, I cannot wait. Because I was right when Odyssey came out. Oh, yeah. And so. you have to leave your arm still. And I was able, I mean, you, you do some motions in that game, but... But for the most part, it, yeah, and, and if you've got the Joy-Con separated, you can just put your arms wherever they need you to put your arms, and you're good. Oh, I just, they were just on the, the what, what, what was it, the gurney, the table. I've got pictures and everything. It's, nice. <laughs> it's not a proud moment, but I got my gaming in. You got your lifestyle Instagram photo. I got my, yeah, that we did not post and will not <laughs> post. <laughs> Stephanie, how about you? Where have you, what's an interesting place you've played Nintendo Switch? Last year, I went to Gamescom for the first time, and awesome. it was super crowded. All the stories you hear are true. It's very crowded. Lots and lots of people there, but everybody's got so much energy. The booths are big and exciting. 
but I was really tired at the end of the show. So I went somewhere where it was not very crowded. And me and my friend went to the Rhine River and just laid on the grass and played Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate multiplayer. And we did some like G-rank level hunts. So maybe not the most relaxing, but it felt it. It was a nice cap to a long and busy show. It was a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. I uh, I don't have any any place that's especially weird or interesting, but I've I've played it on a cruise ship. I've played it a, a, on a lot of flights. It really comes in handy. And then I don't have any hesitation if we go out um, to eat dinner and my son you know is going to get restless while he's waiting for the food to come at the restaurant. We just pop up the switch in tabletop mode and and you know play some uh, Mario Kart together or some uh, Super Mario Party. So that's uh, we've gotten a lot of use out of it there too. That's awesome. You yeah. say it like it's for him. However, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's that's what I you know I give the little look to the waitress like I'm sorry. This is this is we have to entertain him. Right. And he's like, Dad, I don't want to play anymore. And I'm like, No. Nope. You got to be this level for me. You're yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> He'll have to be Cuphead for me. I oh, think. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Next month. <laughs> All right, so now let's look at pros picks. This is where we talk about games we've been enjoying lately. Um, Stephanie, do you want to start us off? Oh, sure. I've I've got a lot of stuff I've been playing this week. Toe Jam and Earl I've been playing a little bit of. And I think a good one to, to talk about is Baba is You. Have either of you guys been playing that no, one? No, I saw the name, but I haven't. Yeah, I've heard about it. It's It's a really, really unique and interesting take on puzzle and logic games. It takes how you think you're supposed to play a game and puts it in your hands. Um, The very simple name Baba is You is saying you are this character, but you can push and pull words around the screen to change that definition to be rock is you or star is you and you'll be something different on the map. And it can get as crazy as you might be the walls that enclose you in a map where the walls are blocking you from getting anywhere, but if you become the walls, then you can go anywhere. So you have to really Hmm. think outside the box of how you approach logically all of the challenges. It's really, really, really cool. Yeah, I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, it sounds pretty interesting. I love the weird idea games. It's it's really out there, it, and it there's a lot of stages in the game, so it's constantly coming up with new ways to challenge how you think about each of the stages. As soon as you're like, okay, I get it, I can be the wall, or I can move the flag so that the flag is me and I win, there's something totally different that throws you off that you couldn't have thought of. It's, it's really interesting, mm. smart game makes you feel smart too when you get it (laughs) i could use more of that yeah there's a lot of moments like with any thoughtful thought-provoking game or even any challenging game when you feel like you don't know the answer you take a pause just walk away go do something else take a shower enjoy your life and then come back and you're like i got it and you know the answer immediately It's, it's a good one it's a good brain teaser cool katie what have you been playing lately if you love the time limit mechanic of majora's mask you're gonna love minute you play as this like little duck guy who acquires a cursed sword. Uh, it does cause him to perish within 60 seconds of respawning, though. So you resurrect back at your home. And at first, that seems like a daunting task to navigate the world in a timely manner. Mm-hmm. But the game adds features like different spawn points and persistent states. So when you do complete a challenge, time doesn't like completely reset. And that, that seems strange, but that's the unique part of the game is that it's a minute gameplay loop. And, and how much farther can you get into this world? I'm glad you brought that one up because I've been curious about it for a while. Um, yeah. You know, the, the the minute hook. And then I just love, I, I naturally gravitate towards those, any game that has a retro pixel art look, oh, which this game has a very kind yeah. of retro look. Black and white, monotone, very simple. It, it's almost like a Zelda game in the beginning where it's like, 
you 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 wake up in your home, you find a sword, and then that's where the the switch flips. And like, how do I how do you get through this? And and the game it, it helps you through. Like your spawn points, you know, when you get to a new like hotel, that's your new spawn point. Ah. And so then you can take the challenges on in that area. So you're kind of slowly kind of making your way through the adventure one minute at a time, basically. Yeah. And hitting like, little milestones so that you can get further and further. In. Exactly. Like what each each playthrough has to be planned. And if you didn't plan well, there's a KO button and you can just go on ahead and return back to home. Well, that sounds good. I'm going to check that one out for sure. Um I've been playing, well, I've just started playing it, but my most recent game is uh, Yoshi's Crafted World. I mentioned earlier, I think, um, you know, I've, uh, I'm, I'm just on like level two at this point, but when I play a level, I have to max it out completely. I have to find everything, do all the optional challenges, and then move on. So uh, I've just gotten started, but I'm already trying to like savor it. Oh, man. And go slow and really enjoy playing uh, with my son. And, um, and there's just so much creativity and imagination in that game. I'm really enjoying it. Does that mean that at the end of each level, you just go back into it and do the flip side? Um, I, I felt like that's how it was going to work from the demo, but at least at the very start of the game, um, when, when I first beat level one, I couldn't immediately do the flip side. So oh, okay. It's introduced after a couple of stages into the game, after you get a feel for what the gameplay is like. They introduce the, the concept of the flip side, so you can go back and do that for the first couple of stages and any there forward. But Got you're not it. required to do it at any point. You can do a straight run and then go back and do all the flip sides. You can do a couple stages and do some flip sides. That's kind of what I've been doing is I've been doing a few stages, then going back, doing a couple flip sides. And after you do the flip sides, it'll unlock other types of challenges and quests that characters will ask you to go back in and look for six cabbages and things like that. So. There's stuff that pops up along the way. Plenty of collectibles to keep oh, you and your son busy. There's that's a lot. my kind of game. I love kind of trying to 100% those types of games. So. Yeah, I hope you guys are eagle-eyed. All right, now we're going to finish up with the Warp Zone quiz. Um, as regular listeners will know, this is where we, uh, we see if you guys can guess games that came out 10, 20, and 30 years ago. And we're going to be looking at games released in the month of March. I think by the time... Um, this episode posts, we may be in April already, but we didn't want to skip those March games. And mm-hmm. I'm going to warn you guys. I mean, I, I do warn guests sometimes, but uh, but this was an especially challenging month. Um, March had some good games, but maybe not as many household names. So uh, good luck. Yes, yeah, set the tone. <laughs> All right, the first clue uh, is for the game that came out 10 years ago. This is March of 2009. And the clues are Sega published a Wii title developed by Platinum Games that had some of the craziest, bloodiest action ever with daggers, bats, chainsaws, and graphics that were entirely in black and white except for red blood. Okay, any guesses? Mad World. <laughs> that song. That's my guess. That's I hear it. it. <laughs> Mad World, which uh, um, was actually on the cover of Nintendo Power's 20th anniversary issue uh, and uh, included a mini game called Man Darts. So there you go. Man Darts? Or- yes. Oh. Where you would throw... Men like darts into a giant dartboard. It oh, was so weird. <laughs> yeah, it was very weird. I liked it a lot, but it was weird. <laughs> All right. The next game is uh, March 1999. That was 20 years ago. The clues are Electronic Arts teamed with Paradigm Entertainment, and Paradigm Entertainment had worked on Halloween 64, to create a licensed racing game that became one of the best arcade-style racers on the N64. And it had fun physics, huge tracks, and exploration that made racing an adventure. 
This is a bit of a hidden gem on the platform. Let's see if you guys have any guesses. Hello Kitty Racer. <laughs> that was GameCube? Roller Rescue? No, I'm just kidding. We'll oh. say it featured well, a... Oh, wrong year. Yeah, sorry. We'll say the game featured a remodel of a cute classic car that was super trendy at oh, the time. Oh, the Beetle. Right? There you go. You're, you're just I'm... about there. The game is Beetle Adventure Racing. Oh, Wow, that's obscure. Or it feels obscure to me. That's one of those that there's there's a certain small contingent of of, uh, of of fans of this game out there that are going, yes, Beetle Adventure Racing. Recognition. Because if you've played that game, you're the type of person that just tells everybody you know how amazing that game is. But um, but still, if, if you weren't one of those core oh followers, you probably never heard of it. <laughs> no. Well, Diddy Kart Racing, sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mario Kart, yes. Yes. But, <laughs> but now we have some homework to do. Clearly. <laughs> yeah, bust out the old system. Oh, for sure. All right, 30 years ago, final one, March 1989. Tecmo published an action classic for NES in which you used the dragon sword, acrobatics, and ninja magic to defeat thugs, ninjas, birds, and barbarians. The game used amazing cinema scenes to tell the story of a son seeking revenge for his father's death. Any guesses? Ninja Gaiden? That That's it. Oh, oh, Gaiden? Gaiden Gaiden. Gaiden. It's Gaiden, yes. Gaiden? I was going to mention that. That, that, <laughs> that was if, if you guys needed an extra hint, I was going to say this game is also often uh, the title is mispronounced a lot. Oh, oh is, well. <laughs> it is Gaiden. Uh, great. Well, that's nice. two out of three. Very good. We got a we half gotta, point on the Beetle. I don't know. He gave us Yeah, we extra, got like a one third on that one. He gave one. us both. Yeah, yeah. We got <laughs> we'll give something on that one. A point five, two point five. It's generous. I like it. <laughs> All right. Well, Katie and Stephanie, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Chris. That's it for this episode of Nintendo Power Podcast. If you have any comments or questions you'd like us to consider answering on the show, you can email us at nintendopowerpodcast at noa.nintendo.com. Also, we always appreciate it if you can leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you can get new episodes as soon as they're ready. Thanks for listening and keep playing with power.